Welcome to the Flail Podcast. This is Troy. And Byers. And we are here with another Late Nights at Blockbuster. Uh, this is the 16th anniversary. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm too used to doing all of our <laughs> like 15th and 10th and 20th anniversaries. We just love this movie. So we just decided to do it. We're like, yeah, what do you want to talk about? What's a great movie that we just haven't talked about that we can we can simply put on our 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 list and just knock it out and have fun with it. And both of us were itching to do uh, Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige. We're we're in for a lot of hopefully we don't go over like two hours talking about just gushing (laughs) over this movie because it it is I think it's one of the more underappreciated or uh, underrated movies maybe of the last like 20 years but especially as nolan's uh nolan's uh uh, filmography what do you think everybody nobody nobody talks up the prestige when they're going off about christopher nolan usually Mm -hmm. It's, it's usually something else and they're missing out yeah so this uh this stars christian bale hugh jackman Scarlett Johansson, Rebecca Hall, and Michael Caine. I mean, just the actors and actresses just rolling them off. Like, even though uh, we'll get into a little bit of uh, whether or not ScarJo and Rebecca Hall uh, get their due, it is a Nolan film. Uh, he he struggles a little bit with uh, creating enough for for a lot of females to to work in the studio space, but still very good. Um, obviously, we've talked about Christopher Nolan's director. He also wrote the screenplay with his brother and longtime writing partner, Jonathan Nolan, and it's based on uh, the book of the same name by Christopher Priest. Let's jump right in. What do you what do you love about this movie, Byers? Uh, well, I mean, you just mentioned the great cast for one. It's it's just full of, of some really great, great roles and stuff. But there's just so many fun twists and turns, like mm-hmm. even knowing what's going to happen every time i watch it again there's always something i forgot yeah and so it's like oh yeah that part um oh that happens now like it's just so good it's it's nolan can go off the deep end don't get me wrong he can get kind of crazy okay and this speaking of someone who loves memento Mm -hmm. like that one is just very like erratic in its jump yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. crazy this one is a little smoother and it's it's jumping around in time and stuff and it it flows Mm -hmm. a little more freely and a little more smoothly even though you're jumping around in time um and so even knowing all those things and oh we're gonna jump back here and then we jump ahead to this and even knowing all that stuff it's still fun to come back to it every time yeah just watching that stuff come i still enjoy it it's one of those movies that after the first time you watched it, you wondered, all right, now that I know the big twist, am I still going to like this movie? Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it again, it's a resounding yes. I still love this movie. It's still fun to watch. And yeah. so, and in, in this day and age, it's always just fun to have a great standalone story. Like, yeah, yeah. obviously I love Star Wars. I'm a big Marvel fan. I'm all good with the series of stuff, but it's nice to still just have some one movie. This is it. This one mm-hmm. story. I don't have to wait for a sequel. There's nothing more to it. It's just one standalone great story. So it it, it does so much in the two hours. And so it's it, I think it's 220 is the runtime. So of course, if you take off about 10 for um so 210, it does so much in its 210, 
because of the way that it's edited and because the way that it, it manipulates time and kind of moves forward and backward, as you mentioned already, but it has so much in it that people that, that use 10 episodes with like an hour an episode couldn't possibly put it in there. And I think I might've mentioned this for something else that we had just gone through uh, pretty recently now that I like say that out loud, but I, I still am, am shocked by how much is here. And how much like you get through the story, like, oh yeah, and this is gonna happen. And then you forget about all these other scenes that like yeah. are, are about to come out, and you're just like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that and that. And and I, I can't, I'm just gonna echo a lot of what you said. I'm always reminded of some of the other twist movies as I'm watching this, and they don't hold the same candle. Like I've never gone back and watched the sixth sense. Maybe, maybe I did a second time. But beyond right. that, like I, I, I can put that movie away and just go, yep, it, it just it was just all there to reveal the ending. And yes, it was well crafted, but it doesn't bring me back like this movie does to go and go, hey, is there something else that I didn't I didn't see or some li- I love the dialogue. It's just so heavy with like these double meanings and hiding in plain sight. Like, it's just, there's not a single, like, I, I stopped writing them all down because I was just like, okay, I'm just going to read every, every line of dialogue. Like almost every little line of dialogue has these, this, this hidden meaning, especially Bales, like, uh, um, uh, Jackman's is a little less. So it's more psychological. It's more like you see him like going through this process of like turning from a good guy to a bad guy, but um, getting his hands dirty as uh, Borden uh, would like to say throughout the process. But uh, Borden's is just like, just figuring out it's, it's almost like the, the Smeagol and the Gollum, like, uh, like, Hey, is he, is he Alfred or is, or does, does he love is, me today? Right. Is he Albert or is he Fred or is he Freddie? Right. Yeah. And so like the two of them together, like, I don't know it. They, they, I talked about it in some of the stuff that I was reading. It's not explicitly said in the, um, in the movie, but in the book, it's like Albert and Fred and together they're Alfred uh, Borden. And so that's why, that's why ScarJo calls him or Olivia calls him uh, Freddie because that's the one that's Fred. And then the, but like, there's no like, um, Rebecca Hall's character, Sarah, uh, doesn't call him Albert, like, because they don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of interesting how, uh, see, like, even that, like, I was just like, I wouldn't have picked that up in a million years, you know, Ooh. but like, so. Um, Apparently, like, I was reading something that Re- Rebecca Hall messed up a line or something yeah. where, where she says the whole thing about, like, I know what you are. Like, there was, I don't, I don't remember if the line was wrong or something about that scene wasn't supposed to be quite, yep. and it somehow made it in mm-hmm. and they were all worried because they're like, Oh my gosh, we just gave it away. And like, no, it, like you, you stuck it so... straight in my face, the whole right. movie. And I never saw it, which is <laughs> what the whole movie's about. Like, right. Is a magic trick. And so yep. it's so great. Cause I mean, the opening stuff where you see all the top hats and then mm-hmm. you see the two birds in a cage, like that tells yep. you everything you need to know about the secrets of the movie. Yep. If you really know, yeah. Like, here's all these the, cloned hats, and here's these twin things in this cage, and one of them's going to live, and one of them's going to die for the trick to work. And it's all right there in front of you, but you don't know it. 
Yeah. And Cutter's like, is the first voice. And he's telling you like exactly what he's showing you. He's, yeah. He's the magician, like talking you through it. And of course it's Nolan is like doing that. Like, it's like, he loves these like allegories of like making a movie. And this is, this is a movie within a movie kind of like him talking about making a movie within a movie um, similar to what like Inception does as well. Um, there's plenty of, if you really want to go down that um, rabbit hole, there's plenty of uh, YouTube clips on like people that really love to talk about that stuff, but it, it's so unique in that he's just like, I'm doing it right now. Like, and you don't realize it until afterwards and you, or like you're on a second or third or 10th rewatch. And it's just, yeah. those are the things that keep bringing me back to this movie because he's like, Hey, if you pay attention, I've got some little nuggets in here for you. Like the more you pay attention, the more you, you watch this movie. Um, you, you mentioned it already, but great performances from the leads. Some of the, I mean, this is obviously a movie about magic. It can, tilt a little bit to hokey if you're not too careful but they always have this like tightrope of like they're walking that tightrope and the restraint is always there like you could tell that like somebody's like almost getting there and like no one's like nope we're either cutting this scene or like this is over or we're gonna move on to something else so uh, i i i love that almost every scene in this movie is beautiful. Like I, I just, I can't get over it. Like every scene, I love it. And I know that like, that's just little like cinema nerd stuff, but like the, we'll get into that a little bit later in our tech uh, our, our cinematography, technical nerd stuff. But that's one of the things that I love about it. Not huge into period pieces, but this one just for some reason, the way that he did it, like just, especially the Colorado Springs stuff. Yeah. It just looks so cool. So I felt like he prepped for Inception, like on this movie. A lot of his movies are about time, obviously. But if you think about it, he's got like flashbacks within flashbacks. And it's like, he's like almost like you have to figure out like, it's like a, it's like a precursor to like following along uh, along in inception. It's like, Oh, how many kicks down are we in the, in the dream uh, yeah. in Colorado? You know, it's like, like that was the hard thing. Like we, we just watched this with Xavier and we were like, Hey, now they're back here. Now they're there. But like the first time you're watching it and no one's leading you through that, you're just like, where the heck are we? And what are yeah. we doing? You know, and it's not, you know, in a, in memento, like part of it's black and white. So like, you know, mm, you mm -hmm. know, when you jump in time in memento and it's, that's a whole different experience anyway. Um, and so, but like visually you automatically know, yes. Oh, this is this part of the story. This is this mm -hmm. part of the story. None of that happens here. And so you have to orient yourself. Like once they start talking and doing stuff, you're like, okay, where are we? Okay. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. Like in the story. Cause they're, they're reading each other's diaries. Right. And flashing back to some of this stuff. And it's just, mm -hmm. it, it was a cool, I never noticed how much the diaries tied in until this time through. I mean, I remember them reading it and stuff, but now it's starting to make more sense after like the 10th watch where I yeah. can pick up on some of those things a little better. All right. Let's get into favorite scenes. Uh, this is, this is really hard. A lot of these scenes are very quick hitters. So there's a lot of them, as I mentioned before, I mean, they, he packs a lot into this two hours and 10 minutes. And so just when you think like, oh, this is a great scene, it moves on to another scene. You're just like, oh, okay. 
And so I had to, I like, I had written out probably about 20 scenes uh, of the movie. And I was like, okay, I have to cut this down. So I got it down to about nine. What about you? Uh, I'm right about there. Some of them, there, there's several times where scenes mirror each other. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I kind of wrote some of those down as one scene. Like, I love when, when this happens, um, yeah. even though it happens more than once. Like, okay. I love it every, like, for instance, the opening monologue also mm-hmm. is kind of the ending monologue. Right. Because um, you get the same line. And I love both mm-hmm. those times. And I love that it bookends the movie like that. Mm-hmm with Michael Caine talking about the three steps of the trick, like the pledge, the turn, the prestige, like explaining what's going to happen to it's, it's like basic, like middle school. Here's how to write an essay stuff, right? Like here's your thesis Mm -hmm. statement. Now we're going to (laughs) explain all of it. And then we're going to tell you what we told you in our conclusion. And you're still going to be confused. Um, which is, is the beauty of it. But yeah. um, So yeah, there's a lot of those where, similar things happen and i just counted them as one scene because i could okay. differentiate and i still so, have like nine no that's a really great like way 15 to, so yeah yeah that's a great way to put it though so like i had explaining the the, the steps of a, a magic act as well or a magic trick as well um and then the first time he goes into colorado springs uh, i love that tracking train shot as he goes in and then like as, as he goes and and talks with ali uh, played by andy circus uh, and, and we kind of, I mean, it was funny, like we're, we're a little bit of Tesla nerds here in the Wallace household. I know that that sounds like uber nerdish. We are, we are 100% Tesla is a genius and Thomas Edison is a hack that stole all of his, uh, his work. And so we're sitting there and I'm just looking at Xavier and I mean, he's done several book reports on him and stuff like that. So he's, he's more of a Tesla nerd than I am. And so we're sitting there and I, I forgot, like, I just wanted to watch the movie with him. And then I forgot that Tesla's did it until that. And of course it's super early in the movie. It was like, that's not the reason why I picked it. I was just like, Hey, we're just going to watch this really cool movie. And then, so I'm just sitting there watching him. He's like, why are you watching? Like, what's going on? And I was like, who lived in Colorado in, in this time frame in Colorado Springs? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, and like, two seconds before he walks up to like grab the the door he goes oh, nikola tesla and i was like you're such a nerd <laughs> awesome. so uh that's that was just kind of a, a really cool thing with me so um but but it also has some of some of the cooler shots in it later so i kind of use colorado springs but it kind of like you said it pops up so many times that i'm like i could use that no matter what <laughs> Um, I love when they get sent to watch the Chinese magician yeah. with the goldfish thing, but I love mm-hmm. watching Borland's face when he figures it out, like watching mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Yeah. Like the light going off in his head and he's like, I know how he does it. And then for some reason he actually explains it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which is good for us as the audience and probably mm-hmm. good. Otherwise he'd just be like, Oh, I understand it. And be like, well, well, how does he do it? Well, I can't tell you. That would just be lame. That's like the kid that's just lying. Like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't really know. Um, but it's it's cool watching the wheels turn in his head yeah. as he's figuring out this is the trick. Like he walks around like this all the time and he really is like this incredibly strong guy and he's holding it between his knees this whole time. <laughs> um, and so like his entire life is the trick, which is important to understand about Portland as you go forward. So, yeah, no. And, and like you said, it's like, watching the two of them 
like Hugh Jackman sees it for what it is. Like, it's just like this, like, oh, that was really cool. You know, I wonder how he did it. And like Borden's always thinking like, oh, I know exactly how he did it because that's, that's what I want to do, you know? And, uh, and then of course, like inside it, like kind of the, the kick down from that is like the two of them making sure that they know um, that that's, that's what they've been, been working for their commitment to, uh, to that trick um, uh, is their entire life. So um, the, the next one I have is uh, the greatest magic trick that Angiers has ever seen. Like whenever he's just sitting there in astonishment um, back at his uh, studio and he's talking with uh, Olivia and Cutter about it. And Cutter's just so so sure. He's just like, is this a double? Like, what double. are you talking about? Is this a double? He's like, no, it's not. And then Olivia lends credence to it because she's like, no, it comes out. And it's the, the guy with like the the uh, the two fingers off. You know, he hides it on his uh, on his glove, but it's the same guy, you know? So, and of course, Cutter's, Cutter's right in the end. <laughs> but that obsession is is there, you know? Yeah, I have that one too. Like the the stunned silence the mm. first time they see the trick and stuff, and he's talking about it is is so cool. Um, I had that. I one love the too. way that uh, uh, that Nolan. We talked about this in the in Hunger Games, uh, where they cut out the uh, the score. Yeah. To to really focus in on something, I love that part. And then he cuts away from it too, so just to lend more mystery to like. And then that stunned silence that look like as he moves into like his, his, uh, his, uh, his own theater or whatever. I can't remember. Why can I not remember what the heck that is? Um, his like practice uh, place or his, the little ingenue workshop. Oh my gosh. Three in the morning video games. There you go. So. So once he gets back to his workshop and he has that stunned look on his face, it's just such a, a cool effect of like dropping all of that out just to put the audience right there yeah. in with Angiers. So a lot of times when they're practicing the tricks, it's almost like like a Rocky montage scene. I mean, like it doesn't have the, the music and stuff, but like just all this like really like we're doing this and this and it like kind of jumps around just the way they do stuff. Mm-hmm. Those scenes are all really fun. Um, and just kind of seeing that behind you get to go behind the curtain on all these magic tricks throughout the, throughout the movie. And that, that adds to some of those scenes, like when he's trying to figure out the obsession, like they don't tell you how they do their two big tricks until the very end. Um, And they've shown you everything else, like everything else you get laid out for you so that you know how it works. And like, that's the big mystery is how do they do the disappearing man? And so that just adds to it. I, I love the commitment to like what the actual magicians would do and like talking through or showing tricks that aren't as cool to build up to what they need to. Like, like you yeah. see like Christian Bale doing like the ring trick and everyone's like, boo, <laughs> we came here for the bullet catch. You know, you know, that's exactly what that looked like yeah. while they were like making their way up, like the, the, the ladder, so to speak. And I, I, I thought that that was important to show like it's not all fun and games. Like you have to, you do have to get that one trick, but you have to like, can't just be like, all right, 30 bucks for me to do my one trick and (laughs) you guys are out of here. You gotta, you gotta figure out some other stuff with it, which not a Disney ride. So, right. (laughs) I've got a born in uh, board and turning route. So uh, 
uh, Angier's body double. Uh, he's telling the truth when you feel like he's just manipulating Root. I, that's what I like. The first time you watch it, you just you see it from that human side. Like, oh, he's just trying to get him to. Do, but he's literally explaining exactly the hold that whoever that is, whether it's Freddie or Albert. And I'm so glad that I like read that so that we can kind of distinguish between the two of them. So I don't have to go Sarah's or Olivia's <laughs> uh, Borden. Um, so between those two, you don't know who's that person there, but that's the hold that the other person has on the, on them. And ultimately it leads to such tragedy at the end because Olivia leaves and Sarah dies, you know? So yeah. I mean, it also shows like why there's works between the two of them because mm -hmm. like they're twin brothers. 100% so, like, commitment. They 100% yep. are in on this. They're not trying to lord it over the other one. Whereas you just hire this guy and he's going to figure out, oh, I have this power. I can do all this stuff. And so it, it exposes the flaw that everyone else has that they don't have. Yeah. Um, but which is both like a good and a bad from like Cutter's perspective because he's the one that brings it up. And then he's the first one like, yep, we got to run. We got to cut bait. Yeah. And it's just like, well, why did you even bring this up in the first place? If you're, if, and, and maybe he's like, hey, we'll just float it long enough that like we'll make some money off of it and move on to the next thing. You know, you got to, you know, got to, in the, in the famous words of uh, Kenny Rogers, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, <laughs> know when to walk away. <laughs> that's for you andy benton oh little scenes that i love that almost mean nothing uh you talked about how cool colorado springs is the scene with the field full of light bulbs while they're there yeah is just so <sighs> like eerie feeling when they walk out right? there and then he pulls it out and it stops shining and you're like what what is going on here um literally the words that i wrote were the shot of andrews and ally outside in the snow with the light bulbs eerie like <laughs> it's just it so perfect scary. right yeah um i've got so you you mentioned these i wrote these back to back angiers reading the journal i skipped i skipped ahead a lot angiers reading the journal and realizing borden had fooled him and borden reading the journal and realizing angiers had fooled him so it's so cold both times mm -hmm. like you just started writing directly to this person knowing they were going to read your journal at this point and just, man, uh, this is just like the most cold-blooded revenge plot movie ever, probably. Too. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just so harsh. Yeah. Both those times when, when both of them get to that moment where they realize, oh, they got me. I've been reading along, trying to figure it out this whole time. And man, they tricked me. Yeah. Um, especially Borden. Like he's sitting in prison and this dead guy's writing to him in this journal. That's just as yeah. far as he's concerned. Yeah, that's cold because he always thinks that he's one step ahead of Angiers. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that pride that like, I, I'm a better magician than you. I know more than you and I'm willing to go farther than you. And in that moment, he realizes like, oh, oh, you, you, you did get your hands dirty. Yeah, you, know? you did. Yeah, that one's great. <laughs> this one's tiny, but it's funny when Borden. Uh, pretends to drop the ball and locks up yes. the prison guard. <laughs> <laughs> like he just looks like a goof and the prison guard's just like totally unassuming. Like, look at this idiot. And then he walks away and he's chained up instead of Borden. 
and it's a little over halfway in the movie and it's such a small scene like you said but it sets up so much that you're just like oh my goodness i have to watch and look and be ready for anything but it also gives you the opportunity like you're hyper aware but you're also missing things because you're reading into certain things that you think are going to to hit there because of course i mean we'll, we'll get to it in the drax award and some of the quotes but like as soon as you you know the trick you're like oh yeah of course like i've i've seen that before like i should have seen that you know but that's the beauty of the trick is like if you haven't spotted it like as you're going through it like that's what what brings you back and i love the just kind of the the in joke that nolan's just making fun of you the entire time but also talking to you right. after you know the uh, the secret like the second or third time or however many like we talked about time through he's still talking to you about it yeah i know that you know this but it's still cool isn't it <laughs> the fact that he's always been lord Caldlow, like was a really cool reveal like he yeah. I mean, again showing his commitment to the bit and why he has like because at one point in time you're like okay he went from being like this lowly magician to like having like a successful show for a little bit like where are all these deep pockets that he goes to colorado with for two years and then you figure it out at the end oh like there was a a really one of those subtle lines that they threw Mm -hmm. out early on like he says something about not promising not to embarrass his family or something Mm -hmm. and like you don't think anything of it at the time and then right get to the end and oh no he's this lord he's this rich dude he's from this crazy family and yeah has those deep pockets yeah and his commitment to the bit too of like making himself look like even though they're in london it's like he's and and it's like he's doing like this american accent right to like make yeah. sure that he even though they're they're all in london so yeah weird and that uh, moment when he shows up as lord cordlow at the prison is just yeah man there's some big ones right there like i'm just I, you're in prison for killing me and i'm going to show up and look you in the face right because right none in the, of the eye people, with your yeah. daughter yeah, and none you of the people are there uh, yeah. for the for the um and, and even that point in in history it's not like everyone's like oh yeah this is the picture of the dude <laughs> right <laughs> I've got Cutter finds out the truth that Angiers wanted him not to see. Like he he's and he kind of tells him, Hey, that's why I told you that you needed to stay at the front of the house on this one. Like I wanted to keep you out of the loop. And then he realizes all the things that he's done and that subtle nod um, that he gives um, what you, what you think is Fallon, but it's actually like the, the remaining brother uh, on the way out that he set everything up. Um, for for Angiers to get his uh his comeuppance at the end yeah and that that first time it's not as good on the rewatch because you know that's the one thing that's not as good at the very end when Mm -hmm. when he lifts up the hat you think it's Fallon and he's got taken all the makeup off and it's just Borland yeah Borden at that point and you're like yeah what Mm -hmm. um the first time that was just like mind-blowing because you're like all right so you got him in jail so your boy's gonna go take care like this just looks like gangster move but no right. it's much deeper than that like the ball bouncing to him and he's like yeah. what is this and then yep. bam yeah the and last that's thing when you I... get the crazy flashbacks 
Yeah. And that that's kind of what I had with the prestige. Like as he's he's I mean, the big uh the big spot was um Angier's telling you never understood why we did this. The audience knows the truth. The world is simple and miserable, solid all the way through. But if you could fool them even for a second, then you can make them wonder. And then you, then you get then you get to see something very special. You don't, you really don't know. It was, it was the look on their faces. Of course, he's like doing this as he's got like this, this uh, shot through the lung. So he's just like slowly suffocating um, while he's saying it, but like, and then Cutter, like uh, finishing it off after that with his kind of mirror or the bookends, like you said, of the, of the beginning. So, yep. This is really hard. What, what, what's your favorite? Gosh. I have to pick a favorite. I don't think I this that's like picking a favorite child. <laughs> um, I don't know. It might be the diary scenes. Both of those yeah, are really, I think especially so this last watch. Like if we can put them together, just, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Really <laughs> if we could cheat like, a little bit and be like, okay, we have to do this, yeah. Because he's reading along, uh, Angier's reading along about Olivia, you know, and it's the whole like, this is mm-hmm. where she proves mm-hmm. her loyalty, not to me, but to you, Angier's, and it's like. Oh, he knows you have it. <laughs> um, and then when it flips around on, on board in the same way, and it's like, I'm writing to you from the grave, basically. That was, yeah. those two are really cool. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Like the others are just too, like too much snippets of all of these little pieces and parts that I think that that, uh, that makes sense. So, all right, uh, let's move on to Drax, uh, our Drax award, our, our favorite quotes of this. There's not a whole lot of funny ones in this, so I've got a bunch of serious ones. But I love the, 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 uh, the secondary meanings and all of these things. I, I think I probably wrote a lot of those out than some of the other ones. But I mean, this movie is just full of them. You, you can't, you can't throw a rock and 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 not hit one of them. So um, early on, Borden talking and, and he's going off about a real magician tries to invent something new that other musicians will scratch their heads over. And like mm-hmm. you start, that's when you start getting a sense of this is, this is what drives him. Like he wants to be the best and wants to do something that nobody else is going to be able to figure out. Um, and Jeers for the most part just seems to like want to make money at that point. Yeah. And wants um, the fame and then and just the wants revenge yeah. for the most yeah. part after that. And so mm-hmm. just very different motivations, but you get a real sense of Borden's in that moment. Yeah. Uh, sticking with Borden, uh, this is a this is a performance. This is why no one can detect his methods. Total devotion to his art, a lot of self sacrifice. The only way to escape all of this. It's a... very foreshadowing after you get yeah, to the end, right? Um, one one that's a little lighthearted, kind of funny. Cutter talking about Borden says mm-hmm. he's a natural magician. Of course, you can't trust him. <laughs> that was the next one I had as well. Uh, Borden uh, talking to uh, Sarah's nephew early on and he goes, he's shown him the coin. He goes, the secret impresses no one. The trick you use it for is everything. Yeah, I had that one too. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I, it's subtle and I don't know why it, it always just strikes me a little bit when Angiers comes back in his meeting with Cutter and hiring him and they're they're talking about why he knows and he goes, of course, someone who knows Alfred Borland and his uh, repertoire of exotic knots, like just the way he <laughs> raps, his repertoire of exotic knots, like always gets me. 
I probably should have said this one with the last one because it's kind of a follow on to it. But he goes, he's talking, he's still talking to the kid about um, the secret. He goes, never show anyone. They'll beg you and they'll flatter you for the secret. But as soon as you give it up, you'll be nothing to them. And it just really reinforces how he he lives his life um, with that. I mean, even to his wife and to his uh, his girlfriend. Right. Uh, that like they they mess that up because their secret uh, there'll be nothing as soon as they figure that out. So um, I have a Tesla line. So apparently this is for you, X. Um, there you go. <laughs> because exact science is not an exact science. <laughs> Andrew, when he gets really upset and he's talking with Olivia, he he screams out, I don't care about my wife. I care about his secret. And it just shows you like that he's completely like gone and his, his obsession is, uh, is, has taken him to the dark side. Yes, completely. I think multiple people say this, but Angier's especially uh, mentioned, you know, no one cares about the man in the box. Mm-hmm. And that's, that plays such a huge role in how his story ends. So continuing on with obsession, obsession is a young man's game. Uh, cutter and he's the and of course angiers takes exception to that yeah um, even that because i mean that's the tough thing it's like you're supposed to see them through like that they're younger than they really look in the i mean they kind of play across all of these uh it would seem like a couple of decades right yeah there's got to be some time i mean like he goes to america for two years but you don't Oh, and maybe it's a, over the decade because, of course, uh, the daughter, the daughter oh, is still true. pretty young. Yeah, yeah. So we'll give it about ten years. So okay, at least though, there's some definitely more time than they play on with. In their yeah. Parents, so I'd never caught this one before until I watched with subtitles. But Borden's last words, last word before he hangs mm-hmm. when he says abracadabra. abracadabra. Yeah, and I'm like, because he says it's like way under his breath. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'd ever and it's that really before. and it's really fast and forced because yeah because you're anticipating the the you're drop waiting for right? the drop mm-hmm. uh, Sarah secrets are my life our life Borden he means his brother but the audience thinks he means Sarah is what I, I was like oh, that's man. a that's that like good. a really cool one like. He's like, I've kept these secrets from you, but there's a reason, but it's, it's not our life, but it, it is our life and like his brother's life. So yeah, really. That's a that good one. one. That's a good one. Um, speaking of Borden and his brother, when he's talking to Angers Dan, um, simple, maybe talking about the trick and everything mm-hmm. simple, mm-hmm. maybe, but not easy. There's nothing easy about two men sharing one life. Uh, I love the delivery of the theater owner when he says this one, but he goes, pardon me. It's very rare to see real magic. And then he even goes on to say like, Hey, you're going to have to dress it up. So you don't freak out the audience. <laughs> yeah. You have to make them doubt it just a little <laughs> right, bit. Just a little bit. Um, Cutter says that at one point, I think he says it a couple of times, actually, I think it's in the beginning of the end. It says, you don't really want to work it out. You want to be fooled. Mm-hmm. and it's just that that cool play up on like the audience you, you think you want to see it but you actually really just want to be amazed like you kind of like it better when you can't figure it out and it's something that we talk about a lot more lately i, I mean i'm reference something about like 
Thrawn being uh, cast already. And like you and I've talked about this, the, the more that we like get older, like the, the, the less we do the read into everything and watch all these Easter egg movies. Cause that's it's it's part of the fun right every time i try to deconstruct some of those things i mean deconstructing it to like this level of talking about it talking about it after you've experienced it is more fun um but like the spoiling some of those things on the front end so that you like spoil some of the oh yeah i just sat down and just wanted to enjoy a show or a movie for what it was what the director wanted me to do instead of like oh, here's what this re- report said that it could be. And these people figured it out before the movie was even released kind of thing, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You trust me, then you trust Fallon. Uh, Borden uh, saying that, like, that's a, a really uh, second time, third time through kind of kind of line. Yeah. Borden, when he's talking to injuries at the end, sacrifice, Robert, that's the price of a good trick. Um. And then I, I think that's when you're getting the flashbacks of him. And I, that's one of the things we'll never know. Which one gets his fingers shot off mm, mm-hmm. and which one chops them off to match. Right. Like whew, that, that's, that's some sacrifice for sure. Um, and we'll never know. Early on in the movie, I put this at the end, but uh, I think it was, it was perfect for kind of the ending because it pulls all the things together. But Early on in the movie, Sarah's nephew asks of the bird, where's his brother? Foreshadowing the fact that Borden has a twin brother. Like, I mean, it's just all the, all the things that are there. I just thought that that was great. Um, So what's your favorite one? I I had the long one that you did from Angier's earlier. I love the look on their faces. It's, it's it's either that or cutter, right? That now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because of course you're not really looking. You don't want, you don't really want to work it out. You want to be fooled. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of those two. Yeah. Those are both good. All right, let's move on to recognize my face. I uh, I threw Rebecca Hall in here. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I know she's she's kind of, but like, uh, some of it's the period piece stuff that like it changes right. lots of things. But there was mm-hmm. just a moment where I like realized that's Maya from Iron yeah, Man, from and like. Man. It's just, oh. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, but I mean, she she's much bigger than the normal person I would ever put and recognize my face. But right. By comparison, sitting next to everybody else in this cast, though. True. I don't know if and she's I mean, quite on that recognizable and, level. Well, and and like there's just not a whole lot to work with here because it's like, does Bowie count? Bowie doesn't count. Bowie doesn't like, count. It, yeah. And then um, so I have two. I have um Owens, who is played by Roger Rees. He's the uh, uh, Lord Caldlow's, uh, oh, yeah. essentially like his valet, like the guy that comes in and, and tries to get the tricks from uh, Christian B- or from Borden in the, in the jail. He's the sheriff of Rottingham from uh, Robin Hood uh, Men in Tights. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also uh, on Cheers. I just remember him uh, from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, I didn't watch it a whole lot, but like he just has that face. It's almost like uh, it's just like it's almost up there with. Uh, oh my goodness! Why am I forgetting uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves? Uh, 
uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, uh, um, who played by Snape, Alan Rickman. There we go. There we go. That was, there was a poll. All right. Uh, so it, it reminds me of Alan Rickman. Uh, like you just know him from like Die Hard, and of course, like Sheriff of Nottingham. It just stuck with me. Like this, these weird like sneers that he makes in that movie, and then the hotel manager. Uh, he gets a couple of different lines. Uh, he plays Doctor Mendel Strom, who's the guy that gets his butt kicked by um, uh, the Green Goblin. Like in the first, like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, he's like the one, like telling Willem Dafoe, like, "Oh, we're not ready to, we need go, to go back to, to formula." We, we, we can, he's that guy. We need to go back to formula. I love that he knew the exact quote that I was literally going for. just finished watching that with Jeremiah before we started yeah. recording tonight. <laughs> Did you make the uh, connection? No, not oh, okay. at all. <laughs> so, so in my mind. I think he wins just for some this little stupid thing like that. Yeah, uh, because I don't know if Roger Rees is cool enough with the Sheriff of Rottingham. <laughs> I don't know. Sheriff of Rottingham, uh, that, that, that's some right. recognize my face stuff right there for right. sure. So uh, maybe we'll call it a tie. So, so let's get into who beefed. Uh, does it hold up? Um, this is a good question for like all like movies in in this genre. We kind of talked about it at the very top, but uh, what else do you got here? I think it holds up amazingly. I mean, mm-hmm. we 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 went on and on already. Like you know yeah. the twist, and it's mm-hmm. still fun to watch this movie. Yeah. And so I, it helps probably in some ways the whole period piece thing. That's what I was going to say too. That that certainly um, prevents it from being. Um, or from getting to uh, showing its age when yeah. something's already um, aged. Because, yeah. like, thinking about, like, other, like Now You See Me, like, mm-hmm. or, like, more mm-hmm. modern magic mm-hmm. story. Like, what are those going to look like in 20 years when, like, that was, like, in that time? There's going to feel some age just from cultural references and stuff. But right. when you're already at the, the turn of the century, like, you're already back 120 years or whatever. Oh, yeah. this this always felt old. It was supposed to. Yep. It's not current, so mm-hmm. saves it from those things. Yeah. What about uh, your least favorite scene? Don't love. I mean, it it has to be there because mm-hmm. it plays a role when his wife dies. The whole water tank thing. But I have some issues with just the way that. For one, what is this magician doing? Like yeah. he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Like he walks around <laughs> and like points at the curtain a couple times and then like yeah. claps his hands and like, uh, aren't you supposed to be doing some of the work at least? Like, shouldn't you be doing something? Right. Um, and they of course make fun of him later and say yes. like, he has no flair. He has no showmanship. He's doing all these safe things. Right. Yeah. I, I had the other side of the coin. Uh, I had Sarah hanging herself at the end like even though like you said it's kind of a it 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 serves its purpose to to show that she's just completely gone mad and like i mean obviously suicide is never like something that we should say is like the right way out but it just it's a it's a harrowing scene i can still remember seeing it in the theater and just going like oh my gosh you know like of everything so. in this movie, like we watched it with our kids when I was getting mm-hmm. ready for this too. And it's like, that's the one part I'm like, okay, they're going to love this, but I got to like get ready to right prepare them for that part a little bit. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's intense. 
And that was me stretching it to try to get to like something like yeah. that I didn't like about this movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I have some more. I have some questions, little things like yeah. super. I mean, I also we, we, you already hit this and you already answered this for me. But like, there's always a little part of me that's like, why don't you just let Sarah in on it? Like, shouldn't you like this is your wife. You have a child. That's got to be awkward some nights, by the way, when you're switching places all the time. Right. Um, like if you just let Sarah in on the secret, it would ease her mind. Like she'd understand why some days you love her and why some days you don't, because yeah, you're two different people. Um can I counterpoint it with a, oh. a scene that, that they put in there just to yeah. just for devil's I, I think you already are uh, you already counterpointed me well because that yeah. secret matters more to him than Sarah does. But think of her reaction to when he reveals the secret to her, uh, it would be bad. She, she no, she. Oh, no, when like, when she talks about the other trick, the bullet catch. Yeah, um, and like, oh, the, it's super easy. It, it's super it's, simple once you know it. Super will know it. Yeah, just like and dismisses think, it. Exactly, and that's so true. She, she could never. If she did that to, to this trick, it would devastate him. Yeah. Like he'd be done for. That's true. Yeah, that's much so, better, even than yeah. what we already talked yeah. about. Um, I, I don't know. I thought this, I thought the same thing as I was watching through it again. And that was the thing that kind of, that's what, that's what pulled back into my mind. Like, as I was thinking that and almost writing the same thing down too. So I'm glad that we talked about it. Cause it just, those are just some of the things that why I love the, the depth of this movie. Yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the things that comes out the most, like there's so many layers to everything that the more times you watch it, you peel a few more layers and you get a little more and a little mm-hmm. more. I do want to know how they never recognize each other when they ruin each other's tricks and do stuff like the bullet catch scene. That, that, that is one the especially hardest. like, yeah, at least he's really not trying very hard. He's got like a different color wig on and like a little wisp of a, like a and, soul patch. <laughs> and like, it's Fallon that picks him. So like yeah. it's somebody that should know, like Piper Parabo mm-hmm. picks the other one. Or not yeah. Piper Parabo, Scar Joe. Sorry. Yeah. Right, like right, Olivia right. picks when mm-hmm. he comes up and messes up the cage. So like she doesn't know right. Borden the mm-hmm. way that Angiers does. So that's okay. And that, that part's great, by the way, when he slaps his hand up there with the messed up, you know, the missing yeah. fingers. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh no, this is bad. Yeah. Um, so them not recognizing each other bothers me a little bit. I know by the end, he does recognize him. Like he knows he's back there. Right. And so eventually gets there. And I don't understand the physics of how the bullet during the bullet catch scene only hits those two fingers. Like I, and how does it hit two of them? Uh, uh, Fallon, Fallon no, does get, see him. Oh, Fallon sees him and not like, I get why right. he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, he's just going to shoot him in the face. I get why it misses that, but the right. way it takes out like two fingers at this weird angle, right. like, right. Exactly. How does a bullet do saying. that? Yeah. I don't, right. I don't get, but, whatever okay <laughs> i had to nitpick just to find that much though no um i think that uh his we're sitting there and he's giving the speech and laurie's at the very end and laurie's like this is like the longest death in like cinema history <laughs> and i was like it's like you know what like and, but we rewound it and she's like i was like 
that he he gets a gut shot, right? And she's like, no, he shoots him like in the heart. And then we rewound it and he gets shot in the lung. So it's like his lungs are like uh, uh, filling up with blood. Yeah. But and he's like, and that's why it's got that like that perfect tension to it. Yeah, he's he's got that. Uh, and he's whispering all of these things, but it's just these great, this great line reading that pulls all of that together. And I love the, uh, oh, we'll get that out later. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm in plot holes and quibbles. And I'm already on to the next thing. Okay. Keep going. You're good. All right. Breakout performance. What do you got? Uh, breakout performance? I got nothing really. I think. I put Re- I put Rebecca Hall here. Um, I was just recognizing her face. She didn't break out for me. Yet, yeah. So. <laughs> so, and and some of it's just movies that like not a whole lot of people have watched, but like she was in Vicky Cristina Barcelona, like Javier Bardem, ScarJo, Scar and um, uh, Penelope Cruz. A couple of years later, she's in like Woody Allen movies and some of these other things where, like, and this is her first like real role. And so I would say like, hey, she went on to like. She's not like a super duper star or anything like that. She also shows up in the town. Uh, I had that in my reference. notes earlier too. Yep. Recognize my face. Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. And so, so I mean, there's a couple of little things in here that keep you keep you moving towards uh, like some kind of. Uh, I mean, Iron Man three. That's nothing. To, I mean, she had a pretty decent role in that. But you're right. Like, there's a lot of things in here where you're just like, uh, there's not. Other than those, like, I'm probably just stretching it. You know, rather than not have anybody in there, <laughs> I threw Rebecca Hall in there because it's at least somebody, right? It works. So, it works. Yeah. Breakout is uh, not quite a whole lot, but yeah. Yeah. Everybody else was already, I mean, yeah, well established. Michael Kane, I think it's his breakout performance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, I didn't have anybody for before they were stars either. No. I mean, it's a pretty sparse cast and like you yeah. said everybody's already been been uh, uh well established at that point and that was where i kind of said like oh rebecca hall can be a breakout but this is not before they were stars kind of thing so yeah all right and then uh iconic moment maybe the pile of top hats either that or i had um i, I like that one though um uh jackman under the the tesla coil on the stage like yeah. i really i, I like that like particular shot especially like as the curtain rolls up and he kind of like holds his hand up with his cane and like you see all of that stuff behind him i don't know i, yeah. I particularly like that, that one good. so that one's good because we talked about it at the top of this it's a pretty underrated underappreciated movie i'm pretty sure that a lot of people would be like i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> it's not like i mean like, you know we did lord of the rings that's like made of iconic moments like yeah. everybody mm-hmm. is and yeah it doesn't have anything on that level by any means yeah uh this is a perfect time for me to tell this story i used to listen to this uh um there's a video game website called ign and uh there's a uk branch of it and there's these just these dudes that were just ridiculous and they would every time they interviewed somebody like they got to interview all these people like on press junkets and stuff like that because they would report on video games movies culture and all that stuff and every single time like this guy uh gavin murphy would be like um i've got one last question for you and they're like okay shoot he's like have you ever seen the prestige and he's like this like welsh dude and he's like they're like yes and he's like 
did you like it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And like some people like love it and they would like talk with them about it. And other people would be like, what the heck are you talking about? And it just goes like, it like reinforced my, like, I was like, oh, there are people out there that like truly like love this movie, like as much as, as I love this movie and it's not unfounded, but it's still kind of like got that like little bit of like that cult status, you know? So uh, Emperor Palpatine, or no, sorry, strike that. Jim Carrey, <laughs> Unlimited Power Award. The Al Pacino, the Al Pacino Palpatine Carrey Award. Um, yeah, there you go. I put David Bowie for this one. Oh, as Tesla. how dare you? How dare you? Because he's just eating it up, man. <laughs> he is so weird. He is. Which no, he is. I mean, David Bowie's just so weird. Right. And so, but I. I've got his partner in crime, Circus. Like he's got him as Ali. He's got that thick New York accent and he's doing this thing the whole time. And, 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 and I'm just like, okay, we, we, we get it, Andy. <laughs> oh, that was pretty tame for an Andy circus character though. So I true. Mean, it's, it's all true. about perspective, I guess. Yeah. Technical cinematography, nerd stuff. Uh, Wally Fister was the cinematographer on this. He was nominated for an Academy award. Um, so it just kind of goes to show that, uh, uh, I'm not crazy in that I love every scene of this movie. The shot of Angiers and Alley outside in the snow, like you talked about in Colorado Springs, like that's probably my favorite of this movie. Um, but there's still plenty of other ones. We talked about Jackman under the Tesla coil and some of the other cool shots in here too. So, yeah. Um, there are 146 time jumps in this movie. Yes, there are. Which roughly averages <laughs> out to one a minute. Every minute on average, you're jumping in time. I, I knew we jumped in time a lot in this movie, but reading that was just astounding. And then you start thinking back, you're like, no, like we basically get like a little mm -hmm. cut and we cut somewhere and we cut somewhere and we cut somewhere. It's, it's incredible. Which is why it, it made it so hard for favorite scene. Yeah. And also um, for, oh, and what I talked about at the very beginning, where they pack so much into the movie. Yeah. Because like you said, it's just, it's constantly moving. It's go, just go, that, go. like that forward motion is even more so than any other movie, because it's just like, I'm, I'm going to send you here and here and here and here. And we're going to go back here, you know? So like, even though some of those scenes, like, and as we talk more about Nolan movies, hopefully in the future, like if we do like a top five, top 10, or even just talking more about his movies, like doing another breakdown of these, he loves to manipulate time. Like that's his, like his favorite little um, plot device um, is to, to manipulate time. And it's, it's very apparent here. Um, and, and it's, it's every little, uh, movie that or every movie that he makes he he has some kind of manipulation of time into it to to make sure that like oh oh here you thought you were gonna have a straightforward like christopher nolan movie oh just kidding at the end is there like, such a thing as a straightforward christopher nolan movie <laughs> yeah, yeah no thought, offense to robert williams but christopher nolan is the actual time lord okay no, right <laughs> um he's the real deal there you go favorite song or score moment you know i I watched through twice and nothing really jumped at me. It's very like David Julian is his, is the composer for all of his early movies. So he does following, which is his like first, like uh, our feature length film. 
even though it's not like a a heavy like distributed film memento which is his actual like like big time first film insomnia and the prestige and all of them kind of have like this he he does a really good job of like setting the mood yeah but it just it just stays there you know it's not like a hans it's not a oh. john williams it's not anything but i really love like when he when we get to colorado springs like the score like has a really a really good feel to it but the most important part i think is the way that it ends the movie like it has this just like this this unnerving like pitch to it it's like like as it's like really going towards the end of the movie like this high like high climax and you're just like seeing all these images and things going back and forth like you were talking about i just feel like it it like perfectly matches like what the the story needed at that point in time but that's all i got for it it's not like hey i'm going to listen to that while i'm studying or <laughs> or i need something to help drown out like that like this is not that type of score, you know, uh, no. like, all right, spiritual metaphors and illustrations. I mean, let's, let's just quote some Matthew chapter right. six right here. Uh, no one can serve two masters. He will, he will mm. hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. And if you want to see what trying to serve two masters does to a relationship, just watch. Um, well, now that we can say this more easily, just watch Albert and Sarah and mm-hmm. watch Freddie and Olivia and you'll see mm-hmm. that it doesn't work. And so just, and just generally like this whole idea of secrets and like, I mean, how many we could go on all day about verses that talk about like how secrets don't work mm-hmm. and how you mm-hmm. will be found out eventually and it will come to the surface and it won't end up well for you. And, you know, we can't hide things in the dark forever. Um, and scripture talks about that a lot. Like God is light. And that's like a whole big thing that like, he's going to come expose those things and bring those things out. And so we can't just keep hiding them. And that's what this movie's all about is secrets and tricks. Mm-hmm. And as you said, our life is all about secrets, but it's not even the hour you thought we were talking about because we have a bigger hour secret. So. And, and all of the things like, like we were talking about in liar, liar, all the things that you'll do to protect those secrets are what ultimately become your undoing. Right. Uh, I've got um, one of the things that I really keyed in on was in, right in the middle of the story, like when he really turns bad is he's so worried about seeing the ovation and his, his need to be like applauded and validated. It's so just counterintuitive to what we are called to do as Christians. It's like, do what you need to do in secret, like, and um, kind of like when you help the needy, like, don't let your right hand, Matthew 6, 3, like, don't let the, the left know what the right is doing. Like, it's just so counterintuitive. And obviously it goes into like pride goeth before the fall and, and all of those um, be humble and not prideful kind of things. But um, the, uh, I, I loved the, what I, I guess, for lack of a better term, just kind of the duality of man and yours is dealing with the loss of a loved one caused by his professional rival. And, and there's that jealousy that, that just kind of stokes the fire in him. And like, once the jealousy is gone, uh, or, or the, sorry, the, the rage and the is stoked by his like killing his wife, even though it was an accident turns into professional jealousy that like turns that from 
from like he no longer like that quote about it's no longer about his wife it's about his secret you know um and then without his wife being like that anchor like he becomes obsessed with besting borden and they're just going back and forth at the expense of his own humanity and then he has to go to olivia uh to go work for borden to find out the trick and loses her in the process so like as soon as he's about to like be anchored back down in the world like he loses that or anchored back down with love he he lets go of it for the sole purpose of of uh getting back into his own jealousy so yeah it's just kind of even within angiers he's like you think like he's probably the the less obsessed of the two but then he like he's obsessed in a completely different way than than alfred uh or albert and freddie are so yeah yeah. Their, their obsession is kind of more internal like mm-hmm. just in on themselves mm-hmm. like we're obsessed with our thing and this is all that matters and so we're going to tune out everything outside of us yeah. uh, whereas his is focused on Borden and so yeah. it, it does take on yeah there's there's plenty of discussion we have there about obsession and revenge and all that stuff like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. things that we're supposed to stay away from um Yep. repeatedly because told to because so this destructive. is this is yeah. what happens and you see the mm-hmm. destruction on full display when <laughs> um you're left with uh half a cast by the end like yeah of the like well technically six characters since since we have an alfred or since we have yeah. an albert and a freddy yeah. um half of them are dead by the end of this movie so right and uh, i loved at the end and i, I caught it a little bit more this time um showing that one of the two so it was who stays alive um it's not albert lives albert albert lives okay so Fre- yeah because freddie's freddie is at the end and he's like imploring him and he's like and we have these talks back and forth and they keep kind of switching the camera or i need to go back and see if like he uses different sides like in that same uh in that same scene, like towards the end where Christian Bale's like doing, he's talking to Fallon and he's like, we got to go see, we got to go see what he's up to. And then he's like, we're done. We're, we're going to leave this alone. Like if he switches like the oh, yeah. sides of it's, like it's Fallon very he's like talking to. Gollum Smeagol conversation. Yeah. Um, but at the very end in the prison, he goes, I should have listened to you. We should have just given it up, you know, because yeah. I, I had forgotten that at one point in time, one of them was like, we should just let it go. Walk away. Like, walk away. Like find a new trick. Let's just like he he got us. He got us good, and we just need to to cut our losses. Yeah. You know. I'm pretty so. sure it's, and this is a think. Like I didn't used to understand which was which. I like I wondered which brother died, but when mm-hmm. when the end finally comes and they're taking him away and he's apologizing for Sarah. Yeah, like, I'm so sorry about Sarah. Sarah. To me, yeah. that said, that's Freddie. Freddie, and they. Yep. That Alfred is That's or right. Albert mm-hmm. is the one yep. that's still alive. Random thoughts or little snit, snippets of trivia that you found? Um, my son thought it was hilarious that Christian Bale's character went by the name Alfred the whole movie. Yeah. Especially when Alfred Michael is also is in, in the, the movie. movie. <laughs> like <laughs> Two Alfreds are in the movie. That's true. Now we officially have two Alfreds in this movie. Yep. Not that so, we've... And- I haven't, I haven't seen, one of the seen it yet, yet but, but we know that Andy Serkis is the new Alfred. Yeah. Yep. 
Xavier uh, commented that it looks like a scene from The Greatest Showman whenever, because everybody has kind of these black, everything's black and gray and, and blue and that's muted that's colors. That's the color the clothes were. Right. Uh, but he has like this purple jacket on. Like it's <laughs> like this really subtle purple whenever he goes and he sees um, Borden meet with his family as he's walking through. And Xavier goes, he looks like he's a, The Greatest Showman because he's got like the top hat too. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that that was kind of a, a funny, a funny little comment. Um, do we need to invent a new category called the what happened to them category to put Piper Perabo in after this? Um, she does a bunch um, of TV, like she's on some yeah. show for, for years, but like, I'm looking like through IMBD and I'm like, when was the last time I saw her in a movie? And it's just been a while. Cause she had, she was on some TV show for like several seasons and she was the lead on. It was Colored Affairs. Yeah. I never watched it, but we watched a few like we were like, hey, what's going to fill the alias shape hole in our hearts <laughs> in like uh, 2010? And we watched like the first couple of seasons of it. And we were like, this is OK. And then it was like, this isn't that great. Well, we should move on to something else. That's, that's but, what I said about aliases. This yeah. is OK. No, it's not that great. We should have done that a long time ago. I, I watched uh, all of it. I made it through. Yeah. But it's a slog. We are like, didn't I already see this episode? Didn't we do this before? Um how 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 jj abrams is still getting away with all of this stuff all of these years later like still boggles the mind yeah one more random thought uh christopher nolan's daughter plays the little girl which is like a christopher nolan thing that like he always yeah. puts like a he doesn't put like a direct cameo mm, mm-hmm. like his car is in one of the movies <laughs> that he's i forget which one it was now it might have been Memento. I don't remember which one. Like he put his own car in one of the movies. He put his daughter in the movie, but like he doesn't put himself in the movie. Uh, so, like uh, Hitchcock or uh, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Or M. Night Shyamalan likes to do that too. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah. Michael Bay puts himself in Armageddon. <laughs> Caught that the other day. I don't. I don't think he puts himself in all of the movies. Uh, this one was kind of dorky, but. I kind of love it. Uh, when Ali, uh, played by Andy Serkis, is introduced, he makes a reference to a magic trick in which one person guesses the item in a person's pocket. And the same trick fooled Serkis's character Gollum in The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Yes. Bring it back to Marvel. Bring it back to Lord of the Rings. Bring oh, it back to Harry man. Potter. Like, yeah. So Well done. That, well done. that one's cool. I thought this, this was a, a, a little, like, Easter egg. Um kind of lot more more an easter egg than than trivia when tesla's machines are going off like that's a like a really like intense scene like even just watching it on tv like with like the sound up a little bit you're just like it's like all the electricity is crackling and stuff like that but when they're in the exhibit hall a man that the same guy that's in the audience that screams that uh tesla's electric current is unstable He's later the same guy that's like one of Edison's associates that shows up in uh, Colorado to burn everything down, further reinforcing that Edison is a hack and a <laughs> and stolen valor with regard to uh, the the less uh, impressive of the two uh, currents. Sorry. Okay. I'm Edison's a hack, folks. That's what you learned here yeah. today on the Flow yeah. Podcast. If you didn't know, yeah, yeah. If 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 all you need to know about the <clears throat> the history that you were taught in school was that uh, Edison is <laughs> Edison is a hack and Tesla is far superior, even though he's a crazy dude. I think that's the only thing was that he was driven into 
and why he's i love that he's in this uh because it goes back to that obsession um portion you know it was like a perfect person to uh, insert into kind of a alternate history type stuff we talked about this before you you mentioned this is kind of my i left this as my unanswerable question or an, unanswered question uh for the end before we go into whose movie is it do you think that sarah knew that he was two guy that he was albert and fred or do you think that she was going to meet with olivia and tell her that he was a crazy person and that she should just like absolve herself from him mm. Because the the line reading that you talked about before yeah. it makes you think that I know your secret, you know, yeah. it's just like, I know what you are. I know what you are, you know, like, and they left it in for a reason, right? True. So Although, I, but if she knew what they were, wouldn't that like calm her down enough to like not kill herself? You'd think like, or would it drive understand? her to, to insanity even know. more? Because like, she how know could which you do this which? to me? Yeah. How could you play with like how could you play with my emotions like this? Like, this is my life, not your like stupid magic trick. <laughs> Cause that's what it boils down to. Right. Man, that's good. I don't even have an answer. That's going to bother me like the rest of my life now. Thanks a lot, Troy. <laughs> Lori seemed to think that it was the latter, that it was just that I was reading too much into it. That She's she crazy. Was just, like, she just get away from him. Yeah. Although like what, what wife isn't going to come tell the mistress to get away from him? So, I mean, right. That too. Right. So yeah, maybe reading more too more, too much into it than I, I need know. to do. I like it. I like it. I'm, 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 I'm super excited for this one because there's lots of different options and more than more so than our other movies. Yeah. Whose movie is it? I got to go with Christian Bale. I got to go, go with, with Christian Bale too. He survives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I feel like he has just a little bit more heavy lifting to do. Or at least he lifts. Yeah. I, the whole time, like you said, it always feels like through most of the movie that he's the better magician, like that he has yeah. the edge on him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's the story or if that's like just the way they played it. Like if he just, right. The actor himself carried more. I don't know. I enjoyed Jackman's performance. Oh, absolutely. A lot more like the like the more that I watch it, like I enjoy like his subtleties and his like take on the character cuz he's a little bit more flamboyant, he's the petty one, like he's got all of this other stuff that you kind of you're rooting for Bale the entire time, but I it was a lot closer than I thought it was when I sat down. I also wanted to maybe throw some points at Kane cuz I, I love Kane in this movie. And he's the only one that actually figures out all the tricks. Yeah, you could make a total case for Cutter to be the real winner because he's like, yeah. I knew it was a double the whole time. This isn't a surprise. I knew, like, right. he knows how everything <laughs> works. He's yep. the only person that never gets fooled the whole movie. Well, he got fooled by uh, Angiers, so kind of, and and, and so true. like at at the end, he but he he makes up for it by like ensuring that the daughter ends up with at least one of uh, one of them. Uh, yeah. in the end so all right well that's all we've got for uh for the prestige we hope you enjoyed it uh let us know your thoughts if we missed something or if we overanalyzed uh, to the point of uh insanity or obsession you could say uh, at uh, the phileo podcast on facebook or phileo podcast uh 
on Instagram, all lowercase, or shoot us an email at filetopodcast at gmail.com. Great job, Irish. Good brownies. Brownies.